The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericahealth.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Busy, Stressed, and Food Obsessed with host and author of the award-winning book of the same name, Lisa Lutan. Lisa has amazing tips to help you slow down, get healthy, manage your time, improve your relationships, and deal with stress. Now, here is Lisa Lutan. Hey, everyone. Welcome to the show. I am so excited for today's guest. If you read my book, Busy, Stressed, and Food Obsessed, you might know that I had a big health crisis years ago when I was a tech entrepreneur and a young mom. After years of too much stress and not taking care of myself, I collapsed, literally, and had to make major changes to restore my health. Along that journey, I realized that the food I put in my body was way more important than any medicine out there. And so did my first guest, Andrea Beeman, when she had her own health scare that she'll talk about today. Andrea is a natural food chef, thyroid expert, and holistic health coach who's dedicated to alternative healing and sustainable eating and living. She was a featured contestant on Bravo's Top Chef and is recognized as one of the top 100 most influential people in health and fitness from greatest.com. How cool is that? She also was one of the teachers in my nutrition program at the Institute of Integrative Nutrition. And yes, I'm a really big fan. So Andrea, welcome to the show. Oh, thanks for having me, Lisa. Uh, It sounds like you're up to amazing work in the world. Thank you. I'm trying. We're all trying to make it a little healthier. So, (laughs) So Andrea, I always start every interview with my five ask every guest questions. And these should be super easy for you. Number one, what did you have for breakfast today? Oh, actually, yeah, I had a nice breakfast. I had um, oats with fenugreek seeds, cinnamon, a little bit of uh, nutmeg, some ghee, goji berries, walnuts. uh, There was some pumpkin seeds in there. It was totally yummy. (laughs) Oh, and and then I had a a cup of green tea with a little bit of honey. And uh, I'm actually looking forward to lunch. Yum. (laughs) I want that. Uh, what is your favorite form of exercise? Um, oh, my gosh. This, I, I mean, it's hard to put a favorite on it, I have to tell you, because I, I love all forms, meaning like, well, I can't say all forms. I, I really don't like to go to a gym. I haven't been to a gym in like, I don't know, 20 years or something. But I, I like movement. I like to move my body. So in the morning, I wake up and I do like, I do basic meridian stretches to open up my energy pathways in the body, and it's Chinese medicine. I'll do some Qigong, I'll switch it up some days, and I'll do yoga, and then every single day I walk. You know, like I walk probably, I want to say, three to five miles a day, you know, just because I I love walking. I mean, I I don't know what it is about walking, so maybe walking is my favorite. No, I can't say that. (laughs) They're all good. And I said, with the exception of, like, pumping iron, I just can't get into it. I, I don't know if it's the... The gym experience itself, I, I don't know. I, I like to be outside. I like to be in my own space. But go ahead. Give me number three. <laughs> number, <laughs> number three, what's a habit you're trying to break or add to your life? 
let's see, breaking habits. I, break, I broke so many habits when I first transitioned. I guess a habit now, hmm, a habit. Try, all right, so let me try and incorporate a new habit. Oh, uh, I do a, med- a, a daily meditation practice, like for 20 years now, almost 20 years. And um, I, I'm starting to uh, go to meditation classes just to see how other people are meditating and try some new types of meditation, because, you know, things can get stale, they can get old, especially if you do something the same over and over and over and over again. So just last night, I went to a a new meditation class. This was a Tibetan Buddhism meditation, and it was actually really nice. So I'm going to try and incorporate another new meditation, a new type of meditation in my routine so that I alternate between my transcendental meditation and the Tibetan meditation and the Buddhist meditation so that I have a nice variety. Wow, and there's that great new meditation studio in New York. I don't know if you've checked that out yet. Mindful Studio down in the village? No. Yeah, really great. And in fact, Lodro is the founder of that. He's going to be on the show in a couple of weeks. Oh, my so. gosh. I'm totally going to check out his studio, Mindful. Totally. It's spelled like M-D-F-L or something like that. They have drop-in meditation classes. It's awesome. Oh, you're a good egg. so back to the question number four how do you spend the first hour of your day uh first hour of my day i get up and i start journaling um i usually journal about three pages i've been doing that for about 15 years or so i journal about three pages i get all the crap out all the stuff that i'm worried about all the the yuckety yuck from the day before and things i need to get done and then i do a page of um positive thoughts mantras i'm happy i'm healthy i'm energize and you know like all this stuff I put in all the positive and then I thank the universe for my life and all that stuff I even if um, I'm grouchy I thank the universe for the day like thank you for today you know even if it's raining you know, all that stuff so I start my day with um, journaling and then I go into my stretching routine uh, either you know the five elements the organ meridian stretches or some qigong or some yoga or something like that and then I'll um, I'll sit for meditation. So that's how I start every day. You know, with the exception of like maybe one or two days a week, if I have to leave the house very early in the morning to do something or go to a class. Um, but other than that, it's that's been my routine for quite a long time, and I, I really I feel like it's the best food for me. And question number five: Who is someone in your life that inspires you? Someone in my life that inspires me. Well. Um, one of the people that inspired me uh, just recently passed away within the last year, Dr. Wayne Dyer. He was pretty inspirational. Um, but I guess someone alive today that inspires me, my nephews inspire me. Um, like I just, um, my, one of my nephews is just like a big ball of love, and he's like 21 years old. Right? He's got this big open heart, and he's like a big, gigantic kid, and he inspires me. He says some really wise stuff. Uh, you know, stuff that you wouldn't expect a 21-year-old to say. And, um, and my other nephew, like, I don't know, kids, people that are in the world and experiencing the world and opening their mind and their hearts to um, deeper truths, I think, inspire me the most. And a lot of truths come from kids, come from young people, even though the old people say, you know, uh, we know better. You know, we do from experience, but they can open their hearts a lot quicker than uh, elders, I, I think. 
I totally agree. I always tell my son, he's 22, that he's my spiritual teacher. You know, just watching how he lives his life, it's just amazing to me. So that's really, really interesting. So now we're going to talk about you. Now, I know you originally wanted to be a rock and roll disc jockey, but how did you go from that to ending up being a health expert? Well, disease came, right? So uh, disease has a way of shifting your life and putting it into a whole new perspective. So at the time when I was diagnosed with my condition, I was actually working in MTV networks. I had, um, I went to school originally for um, radio broadcasting. I wanted to be really rock and roll DJ. I love this stuff. And I happened to step into a job at MTV networks, and I was working for the uh, uh, vice president. And, uh, you know, it wasn't, I still wasn't a DJ or a VJ or anything like that, but I was in the music industry, and I, I totally loved it. And... I uh, I kept getting sick when I was like in my mid to late twenties. I just kept getting sick all the time. I was I I felt like I was never well, you know, between allergies and uh, you know uh, horrible periods and sore throats and laryngitis. I was like chronically sick, and I was so young, and I had um, I started to develop a goiter, an enlarged thyroid nodule, and. And I went to the doctor, and the doctor uh, said, you got, you know, thyroid disease. you got to take this radioactive iodine and then be on, you know, medication for the rest of your life. So that, that to me, that was my, my wake-up call. It was like, okay, let's, let's go. It's, it's time to make some changes in your life. Otherwise, you're just going to continue getting sicker and sicker and sicker and sicker, and, and you're going to not have a good experience here on the planet. So what I love is, though, rather than just saying, fine, I'm going to do what the doctor says, you said, I'm going to take matters into my own hands and try something else. Can you talk about that a little bit? Yeah. Well, years prior, I had the experience of watching my mom go through the treatments of breast cancer. And, you know, back in the 1980s, the treatments for breast cancer was radical mastectomy and then radiation. And, you know, she... um, you know, they had said after they took off the breast and all the lymph nodes and everything, they said, okay, after five years, she was cancer-free. But then the cancer came back, you know, 11 years later, and it was in her brain, it was in her bones, it was in her lungs, it was in her liver, it was in her everywhere. And so I watched her go through treatments once again, radiation, chemo, you know, the whole thing. And, uh, you know, there was something amiss with this treatment, and my dad you know, my dad is a, was a thinker. You know, he'd always think he had, a, he had a really great mind. And he read an article about a doctor that had healed himself from uh, cancer, pancreatic cancer, using diet and lifestyle. So um, at that time, it was macrobiotics. So we said, okay, let's, let's try this. So that was my first foray into, you know, disease, was looking at it firsthand of what happens in modern medicine with a disease, there's an attack on the body, destroy the body, you know, get, kill the enemy, right? And it really depletes the human body as well as the human spirit on many, many you know, in, in many instances. Like with my mom, I just watched her, you know, wither away. And when we, we tried that macrobiotic diet, something happened. Something shifted in her body. She, you know, her, she perked up. Her eyes got bright again. She had a little more energy. And we were like... There's something to this food is medicine thing. And unfortunately, it wasn't enough to bring my mom back from where she was. You know, her body was in such a depleted state. Um, but it did plant in me a seed that if something happens to me and, and somebody had, you know, would recommend some drastic 
you know, medical procedure like radiation or taking a body part out, I'm going to go alternative first. I'm going to go food first and then see what happens. So that, for me, was, that was the biggest, um, the, when the red flag came up, it was all from memory of having this experience with my mom. Wow, that's so powerful. Well, you must have been terrified. I mean, here are the doctors telling you, you have to do this and this, and you're saying, no, I'm going to try this first. I mean, where did that strength come from? You were so young, and you just had, you know, a couple data points. <laughs> well, I've been a bit of a rebel. <laughs> you know, I've always been a rebel. You know, if somebody tells me that I have to do something, I really have to look at that. And it, it's got to come from within me. Otherwise, it's not going to... You know, I'm not going to do it. And if something doesn't resonate with me, I, I don't care who says it. You know, like even, even today, you know, like I'm, I surround myself with healers. I love healers. I have acupuncturists, energy workers, Reiki masters, um, shamans, chakra healers, psychics. You know, I, I have a, a whole wide variety of people that I look to for guidance and support. And it's very alternative. Now, I also have a doctor you know, that I go to for blood tests. And my doctor does, you know, recommend stuff just like the psychic will recommend stuff or the shaman will me- recommend stuff. And for me, I only take the stuff that resonates with me because I know that life is very short, right? We're in and out of this thing in the blink of an eye. And I don't want to get to the end and say, you know what? Maybe I should have listened to myself a little more or maybe I should have done this or maybe I should have done that. At the end of my life, I want to say, okay, live this life for good or for bad the way that I wanted to do it while I was here on the planet in this human body. So for me, it's, it's pretty easy, <laughs> you know, like, you know, and if something goes wrong, and of course things do go wrong, and if some horrible thing happens, then I can only look to myself and say, okay, well, this, this is how you did it, right? So for the good and for the bad, I have to accept all of that. That's so inspiring. I think you hit the nail on the head when you said, if it doesn't come from me, I won't do it. I think that's so true for anyone who's trying to make positive changes in their life. You know, we can tell people what to do forever, but until they are ready and it resonates for them in a true way, people aren't going to make changes. That's correct. So walk us through how you started. Like, what was the first thing you did? Because I know that you really get into lifestyle and meditation and sleep and everything, but it started with food. So what were you eating before? And then what did you start eating after? Well, I was a chronic dieter from the time that I was about 13 or 14 years old, probably 13, uh, just chronically dieting after I read my first magazine, you know, like women's related magazine. It was like, try this diet, you know, splashed on the front cover, diet this and diet that. Those are all the magazines of the 1980s and the 1970s. And uh, so I started dieting at a young age. And once I started dieting, I started gaining weight because I was always a skinny little kid. (laughs) And I started taking out, you know, real food and I started putting in all this crap food and the you know, non-fat, low-fat, you know, everything. If it didn't have fat in it, I would eat a whole sleeve of cookies, right? Like, because they didn't have fat, because there was this crazy fear of fat in the 1980s. And, um, and I set myself up for weird eating disorders, you know, and this weird behavior around food. And instead of giving my body actual real nutrition, I was just giving it food-like substances. Diet soda, diet Pepsi. I drank diet Pepsi all day long. Coffee with chemical sweeteners. You know, there was nothing real going into my body. And it, it had an effect. It certainly showed up in my lack of health. 
So what I did was I actually followed initially a macrobiotic diet, which was just food, right? <laughs> it wasn't, there wasn't a lot of stuff coming out of like um, Fruit Loops boxes and Pop-Tart packages, you know, like that kind of stuff. It was actual real food, like grains and beans and fish and sea vegetables and fruits and nuts and seeds and all that stuff, stuff that was kind of foreign to me, especially as a, an American kid growing up in the 70s, right? So oh, like, yeah. It, yeah. You know, like they, was, they started to just make these magical substances that resembled food, but there was nothing really food-like about them at all. It's just a lot of chemicals. So, you know, growing up with that mindset, we, you know, I started to eat actual food, and my body started physically changing at 28 years old. You know, I, it started physically changing. I, I, I didn't, you know, I, it's not, I didn't go on a diet. I changed the food that I was eating and I started to lose weight, which was a miracle, right? Because, you know, I tried every diet in the history of mankind, and I would always, like, gain weight back. I haven't actually had to diet in 20 years, right? So I changed my diet. I started eating real food, and an amazing thing happened. I started to go to the bathroom. Was, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Sorry to laugh. I wasn't yeah, expecting no, that. so true. Like, you know, as a chronic dieter, going to the bathroom was a struggle, you know, like, Maybe once every couple of days, and then I would need X-lax or some, something to move it out because I wasn't getting fiber, I wasn't getting fat, I wasn't getting, I was just getting weird substances in my body. So, you know, going to the bathroom was the first thing. It started to move my lymphatic system, move all the debris out, move all the chemicals, all the toxins. And it, it really was an amazing experience. I started to sleep better. I started to have more energy, right, all from just changing the quality of my food and eating real food. Um, so the beginning of my journey was macrobiotics, and I'm grateful for that because it really started to look at, I started to look at food as energy instead of um, just something to eat. So now today I eat every food from every category, but it's got to be real food, right? So now, there's no fake food substances. I don't have like tofu dogs or tofurkeys, right? I have turkey. You know, I don't this have any is, fake fat. I have real fat. I don't this have is any. Such um, an important. I'm yeah. so sorry to interrupt. We're going to be going to break shortly, but I really want to continue this conversation about real food and fake food because people don't even know what healthy food is anymore. There's so much confusion out there. So stay tuned, everybody. Right after the break, we'll be back again with thyroid expert Andrew Beeman, and we'll talk about how natural ways to help your thyroid. Stay tuned. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. Are you a busy, stressed, and hungry go-getter who knows what to do to get healthier but has trouble doing it? The problem with popular diets is that they were designed for other people, not you. Sure, they might work for the short term, but for the longer term results, you need a plan designed specifically for your unique body and lifestyle. How about the stress in your life? Do you ever stop and take a deep breath? Do you know what all this stress is doing to your health? Healthy living strategist and author of Busy, Stressed, and Food Obsessed, Lisa Lutan will get you on your way with coaching, online courses and challenges, and even retreats. You will learn tips and strategies to help you calm down, get healthy, and make you feel and look better than ever. 
For a limited time, Lisa Lutan is offering a free 15-minute breakthrough session to help you get started feeling better right away. Just visit HealthyHappyAndHip.com to get your free 15-minute breakthrough strategy session. That's HealthyHappyAndHip. Yes, you heard it right. HealthyHappyAndHip.com and enter your info in the contact page. Find out what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network by keeping up with us on Twitter. You can find us at Voice America TRN. You are listening to Busy, Stressed, and Food Obsessed. To reach the program today, please call 1-866-472-5792. Again, that's 1-866-472-5792. Feel like sending an email instead? Send it to Lisa at HealthyHappyAndHip.com. Now, back to Busy, Stressed, and Food Obsessed. Here again is Lisa Lutan. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the show. I'm having such a blast talking to Andrea Beeman, who's a thyroid expert and just overall like wealth health warrior. So much really great energy and information. Uh, We were talking about the power of real food, but I want to sidetrack because I got an email from a listener. Um, Her name is Karen, and she said, Andrea, my thyroid symptoms are under control, but I keep getting benign nodules. Should I be concerned? Uh, well, anytime that you have a growth in the body, and growths come up all the time, right? We have, uh, you know, I, I don't want to say that, um, that there's nothing to fear when you have a growth come up in the body, but it certainly shows that there is something else going on. So they're benign, which is fantastic, uh, right? So why are you getting these nodules? So a nodule can show inflammation. If it's a cold nodule, it can show that you're not discharging, uh, you know, you're not, de- you know, detoxing fully the waste. And also in Chinese medicine, and I love Chinese medicine because it's been around for thousands of years, anytime that we have a growth come up anywhere, could be the thyroid, could be the breast, could be the ovaries, could be the uterus, anywhere, you have to look to the liver. Because the liver is a great detoxifier in the body. It's helping to, me- me- you know, metabolize all of the waste. It's helping to break down all of the, uh, the hormones it's, it's really a fantastic, I mean, all of your organs are great. Send them all love, but send your liver an extra dose of love because when there's nodules popping up, what's not being cleared from your system? So I highly recommend that my clients do a liver cleanse once per year just to get clear the congestion, clear the stagnation, especially with thyroid disease, right? So the thyroid is... A, you know, like pumping out hormones. And the liver's job is also to, when the hormones have been utilized, it breaks them down and puts them back into the system and they use this food or they're put into the waste. So we have to look at, is the liver struggling? Is the liver functioning well? Um, and, and that's on the physical level. So you do a liver cleanse once per year. And I have, I have them on my website. You can just pop in the word liver into the search bar and liver cleanses will pop up. But also on the emotional and spiritual level, anytime that we have a growth, it could be an area of the body that is seeking more attention, meaning attention from you or attention from the world. And the thyroid is connected to our ability to express our truth, right, to express it healthfully and happily. Um, and, of course, you know, many of us will express it um, unhealthfully, screaming, cursing, blaming. Uh, a lot of this stuff comes up when we're expressing 
Um, so that's an area that you may want to look into. Am I fully expressing myself and how am I expressing myself? Right? How am I expressing myself to the world around me? Um, and, you know, like when, if you look at the picture in my book, in Happy Healthy Thyroid, I have this huge goiter, right? This large goiter. And when I was growing up, I had no idea how to express myself. And I used to scream and curse and my way or the highway, you know, like that kind of really angry, angry energy. And, um, and today it's completely different. Today, the way that I express myself and the way that I expressed myself 25 years ago is completely different. So if you can, take a look at the physical, but don't neglect the emotional and the spiritual as well as the energetic level of what's happening with your thyroid. I feel like we could spend like a whole hour just on spiritual, the spiritual aspects of disease. I find it just so incredibly fascinating. But I do want to, I want to just for our listeners' sake, can we talk about what are just some of the symptoms, the basic symptoms that might mean your thyroid is a little bit out of whack? Well, uh, a lot of women complain about gaining weight, right? They, um, and that's with hypothyroid. They'll gain weight and they can't lose it or they'll exercise and exercise and they don't know why they're not dropping the weight. Uh, especially belly fat. Um, a lot of times it's the hip fat as well. Uh, dry skin, hair loss, lethargy, depression. And then if you go on the hyperthyroid side, you have heart palpitations, anxiety. You know, you have all this other stuff because now you're on the uh, too much hormone side, weight loss. And on both hyper and hypo, there's bone loss, uh, higher rates of osteoporosis. So, there's, there's lots of symptoms. And unfortunately, in Western medicine, they focus on the thyroid, solely on the thyroid, right? So if the thyroid is slow, they give the medication or the thyroid hormone to speed up, speed up the thyroid. And if the thyroid is fast, they give the methiamazole or something to slow down the thyroid, right? To stop the, the T4 and the T3, all that stuff. So what happens is when we go in and just adjust the thyroid, down the road, 20 years from now, 15 years from now, 30 years from now, you're having deeper problems because you never got to the root cause. So a lot of times in, in a hypothyroid condition, you have to look to the adrenals. Are the adrenals exhausted? Is this person taking on too much? Are they doing too much? Do they need rest? Do they need relaxation? Do they need to be nourished in some way? You know, on the hyperthyroid end, is this person overly stressed? Can they handle their stress or their emotions throwing them out of balance? You know, we have to look at all of the factors. Otherwise, this, the, the, the condition never really heals, and it'll just contribute to another condition in the body. Yeah, it's one of my biggest frustrations with Western medicine. It's like, here, mm-hmm. take a pill, just never looking for what caused it. And it's so true with so many of our diseases. If we don't get to that root, we're never going to fix the problem. We're just going to keep taking more meds. And I find yeah. it... Really, really frustrating. Now, when people go to the doctor, you know, they do this thyroid test, but there are all these different thyroid tests. Can you just explain to the listeners, what are these different tests and what are they really looking for when they're doing these? Well, like I said, when you're focusing on the thyroid, you're just going to get those numbers, right? So the TSH, the thyroid stimulating hormone. We also have the T4 and the T3. So the T3 is the conversion, like T4 converts to T3, which is the active form of thyroid thyroid hormone. We also have antibodies, right? The thyroid antibody test, the anti-thyroid globulin. So that would show, that would indicate an autoimmune condition. So they're going for all these tests, but again, focusing solely on the thyroid, which is, I, I feel is a big mistake. You have to look at the whole body. So for example, 
if somebody has the antithyroid antibodies, right, uh, that means that, that they have an autoimmune thyroid condition. So you no longer look at the thyroid. Now you have to look at the digestive system. You have to look at the, the digestive system and you have to look at the immune system. Why does this person have an autoimmune condition? So certainly what they can do is they can give you a medication, which is what they, they do. They'll prescribe a medication. I've had, I've had people come to me and say that they had Hashimoto's and they were prescribed a thyroidectomy, which I think is insanity. It's not the thyroid's fault that the thyroid is getting attacked, right? It's an autoimmune condition. So I think we, we just rush to do these things without even thinking about, well, why? Why is the body attacking? What's happening? Is there a virus? Is there a bacteria? Is there something else going on? Is the digestive system out of balance? Does this person have leaky gut? Right? Are, are the holes in the gut, have they not been filled with the right uh, bacteria to help you digest and absorb your nutrients? What's going on with the adrenals? So certainly, like one of the first things that I tell my, my clients is stop focusing on the thyroid numbers because it will drive you insane. My T3 is too high. My T4 is too low. My, my TSH is low. My, my thyroid antibodies are high. Stop focusing on the numbers and let's start to look at what's really going on in the system. What's the deeper, the deeper cause of what's happening to your thyroid because it's not the thyroid's fault. So one of the things that I think is so interesting, there's, you know, it's kind of like peeling the, the layers of the onion to really try to figure out what's going on in the body. And I know when I see so many people who are suffering from various conditions like this, they don't know where to go to get these answers. You know, they don't know how to start that, that process of investigation. So can you give them a little guidance? Like what would be the first step? Do they call you? Do they go to an integrative doctor? Like how does this work? Well, I mean, the first step is to either get my book or your book. <laughs> either have the healthy thyroid or the stress and food obsessed. Right? <laughs> so that they could start to get a, an idea of how you can incorporate food as healing medicine. Um, but also, I think integrative doctors are, are great. They have a tendency to, um, at least the ones that I know and I love them, uh, they have a tendency to over-prescribe even supplements. Because that's, that's their training. They've been trained to prescribe a medication or prescribe, right? Um, and we're, I'm prescribing food, right? So there's always some type of prescription. But I find that with um, the integrated physicians, their tendency is to prescribe lots of supplements. And I think that in the long term, lots of supp- supplements are actually not healthy. They, they cause a disruption and imbalance in the body. Like, like well, look what we're finding out now. 30 years or 40 years after they've been telling women to take calcium, right? They have higher rates of breast cancer, calcification of the soft tissue, higher rates of heart attack. And now the entire country is going gaga over vitamin D. And I'm like, slow down, folks, slow down. Because, you know, like uh, excessive amounts of vitamin D in supplemental form contributes, again, to calcification of the soft tissue, heart attacks, bleeding. So we have to look at this stuff. And if you're going to rotate in those supplements, you got to rotate off, meaning you get on them for three months and then you give your body a break and you get off them for three months and then you get back on them and then you get back off them um, because we have a tendency to do things extremely, like to the extreme. Okay, 10,000 units of vitamin D per day and it builds up their system, but then there's always backlash. There's always something else that happens. So the first thing that they, they should do or that they could do is – Start to slow down. This is what I recommend people. Just slow down. Take a look at your diet, your lifestyle, your consciousness, and your energetics, meaning 
when you are going through your day, where are you spending your energy and where are you acquiring energy? So we're energy, energy beings, right? You're, you're an energetic human being living in a human body. You're acquiring energy and you're dispersing energy throughout the day. Where is that energy going and how are you recouping it? Because there has to be a balance. And this goes back to yin and yang, which is ancient medicine, right? Extra, expansion and contraction. Where are you getting your energy? Where are you expending your energy? So that there has to be a balance. I mean, eventually we're going to run out of energy. Um, you know, we're not here forever, like I said. So you still have to try and balance it through your, your entire life. So, I, you know, like take a class, uh, any class. Pick up a book. Start reading. Start to educate yourself. Because one thing that you do have is uh, your ability to acquire knowledge, Right, as you go through this journey, you can acquire knowledge. You can, like you were talking about earlier and like I was talking about earlier, find out what really resonates with you. What, when you read something and you go, ah, that makes perfect sense to me, that is a thing you should try. You know, has anybody ever read the back of the I Can't Believe It's Not Butter package and said, ah, yes, that's, that's <laughs> the stuff I want to put in my body. I don't, I don't think that's happened, Right. So even just sitting, sitting with actual butter on the table or sitting with a uh, hydrogenized, you know, hydrogenated butter substitute, start to tap into your physical body, which, which one is it gravitating to, right? The smell, the look, the feel. Start to tap into your senses. I mean, we're these creatures that have these amazing senses that we're not using. Yeah, it's so amazing that the answer to just about everything now is to slow down. You know, this crazy life that we're living, we're just moving 24-7. And when we slow down and connect with our bodies and start listening to our bodies, the answers are there. Yeah. And people just don't get that. But back to what we were talking about before, there's so much confusion on what is healthy. You know, you mentioned the supplements and vitamin D now is a big thing, but then it's not. And I think that people are so confused on what's healthy. You know, like dairy, you know, is it good or bad? Meat, is it good or bad? There's so many questions. And maybe, you know, we have a few minutes left. Maybe you can touch on those and share your thoughts on those things. Yeah, like what I like to do is look at ancient traditions, right? So what were the human beings eating for thousands of years that kept them fertile, uh, healthy, um, alive, right? So we look at traditional people and even like something like the Blue Zones, right? Because I I like the, the way the Blue Zone person put his stuff together. He's looking at the ancient people in the area and traditional people and what did they eat And generally, they were eating everything, but in its most natural form, and they were also exercising, and they lived in community, so they had these really high longevity rates, right? Uh, You know, the most amount of centenarians in the world. So I think we should take a lesson in that, you know, like, what were the traditional foods that were eaten? How were they prepared? So, like, not everybody can digest milk, but I know a lot of people that can digest yogurt and cheese. Right? And it's, again, it's not for everybody. Like when somebody is constipated, I tell them, don't eat cheese because it, it can be drying and constipating on the energetic level. Uh, instead, get your probiotics in a yogurt. Get it in a kefir. Get it in um, uh, fermented vegetables, right, to help keep the bowels moving and all that stuff. But really start to look at traditional foods and also your own traditions, right? So where do you come from? You know, what is your family history? What did they eat? 200 years ago, 
where they were from, wherever it was, Russia, America, Germany, Africa, right? What were the foods there and how were they prepared? And start to take a lesson from the ancient wisdom because I think our modern, <laughs> modern, you know, uh, nutritional science is a little, a little, you know, they're the ones that gave us margarine and <laughs> they gave us That's... soy milk. That's so true. Andrea, we only have a couple minutes, and I want to make sure that you tell our listeners how they can reach you. Oh, they can reach me on my website, www.andreabeeman.com, and I have lots of books and blogs and recipes and information, and um, always, you know, read the information and, and read it with the discerning eye, right? So what resonates with you? If it resonates with you, try it, apply it, and see how it feels. If it doesn't resonate with you, go away. Go find another, another practitioner. Find someone that you resonate with, someone that you say, my gosh, that's the person that, that I think has some information that I could learn from. And do you work with clients one-on-one or do you offer group programs? What's the best I way do. for people to work with you? I do. I work with clients one-on-one. I have uh, clients from around the world. I work with them via Skype or via phone. And I also have group programs. I have... Um, the New Healers Master Coaching Program, that's, that's a fantastic program. That teaches, like, the ancient systems, right, the meridian systems, organ diagnosis, but in the form of assessment for prevention of disease. And, uh, and I also have a thyroid program. It's, uh, it comes out in uh, April and October every year, and, uh, and that's a lot of fun. It's a four-month program, and they get all the information about thyroid and how to tap in to their own internal wisdom, right? How do you tap into that space of the place that you know? Such such amazing information. Andrea, it has been such a complete pleasure and honor having you on the show today. I've really enjoyed it. Oh, thanks, Lisa. I enjoyed it, too. And I hope you come back again because I feel like I could be talking to you for hours. It's just uh, <laughs> so much information, so much to learn on so many levels, just about our whole holistic body. So thank you, thank you, thank you again. You're welcome. Thanks for having me. So we're going to be going to a break shortly. We'll be coming back and I'll be talking to cookbook author Mona Dolgov, who wrote a cookbook all about portion control. So stay tuned and after the break, after the break, pardon me, we'll talk to Mona. Take care. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. Are you a busy, stressed, and hungry go-getter who knows what to do to get healthier but has trouble doing it? The problem with popular diets is that they were designed for other people, not you. Sure, they might work for the short term, but for the longer term results, you need a plan designed specifically for your unique body and lifestyle. How about the stress in your life? Do you ever stop and take a deep breath? Do you know what all this stress is doing to your health? Healthy living strategist and author of Busy, Stressed, and Food Obsessed, Lisa Lutan will get you on your way with coaching, online courses and challenges, and even retreats. You will learn tips and strategies to help you calm down, get healthy, and make you feel and look better than ever. For a limited time, Lisa Lutan is offering a free 15-minute breakthrough session to help you get started feeling better right away. Just visit HealthyHappyAndHip.com to get your free 15-minute breakthrough strategy session. That's HealthyHappyAndHip. Yes, you heard it right. HealthyHappyAndHip.com and enter your info in the contact page. 
Find out what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network by keeping up with us on Twitter. You can find us at Voice America TRN. are listening to Busy, Stressed, and Food Obsessed. To reach the program today, please call 1-866-472-5792. Again, that's 1-866-472-5792. Feel like sending an email instead? Send it to Lisa at HealthyHappyAndHip.com. Now, back to Busy, Stressed, and Food Obsessed. Here again is Lisa Lutan. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to the show. My next guest is top nutritionist and product development expert, Mona Dolgov. I hope I pronounced that right, Mona. I keep messing up. (laughs) Let me keep going. Mona loves her lifelong mission of creating healthier recipes and products. She's known for inventing simple culinary tricks and can make meals delicious yet simple. She's authored over a dozen cookbooks, including the Perfect Portion Cookbook, which we'll be talking about today. Welcome, Mona, to the show. Oh, I'm so glad to be here. Thanks for inviting me. Pleasure. Mona, I start with my five questions that I ask every single guest. So question number one, what did you have for breakfast today? Oh, that's easy. Um, For breakfast, it's kind of a habitual thing because I just love it. I have a... I sit down for breakfast. I think it's really important if you're going to start your day off right, you need to just sit down for 15, 20 minutes take it all in and enjoy your food. So I always make myself a bowl of whole grain oatmeal. And um, I, my toppers usually vary by the season. So I usually put in some fresh berries. And um, like this morning, I had fresh blueberries, fresh raspberries, and I added in some sliced almonds and a little bit of almond milk. What is your favorite form of exercise? I love to um, go on very long power walks because it gives me a time to just figure out my day and figure out, you know, what I want to get accomplished and allows me to finally really breathe and think. (laughs) What's a habit you're either trying to break or add to your life? Um, Probably to get some more, a little bit more sleep. Um, I'm so... I, I just have so many interests, and I love to do so many things, and I, I get most creative, fortunately and unfortunately, in the evening, so I would say probably to add an hour to my sleep schedule during the night. <laughs> How do you spend the first hour of your day? Well, the first hour of my day, I wake up in the morning, and um, ever since I was like five or six years old, my mom always taught me to say a prayer just to be thankful that I'm here. So it's kind of lingered with me my entire life. So I do that. And then um, I usually uh, have, if I, I usually have my, I go exercising. So before I exercise and before I eat my oatmeal, I'll have a lighter snack, which might be like, um, you know, a half of a banana or a clementine orange and a tablespoon of almond butter. And then I'll go out for my 45 minute to hour long walk run to kind of start my day. And that, that just, If I don't do that, then my day is not complete. So it's really my time to kind of really control what I want to do during the day and feel good about myself and feel good all over. So, yeah. And who is someone in your life that inspires you? Oh, that's a great question. It's funny because um, throughout my life, different people inspire me. I would say from a longevity standpoint, like, and I think I talked to you about this, my children inspire me, just watching them 
lead their lives and do things that I never had the opportunity to do and um, learn things that I never did. They inspire me every day and they teach me things and I think it's just so wonderful that they teach me things. I think from a career standpoint and a jump-off point, the one person who inspired me to do what I do today is um, Professor Colin Campbell. Um, He was my advisor in college at Cornell and um, he really set the track for what I do in my life and what I love to do. He was your advisor? Yes, he wow. was my advisor in college. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Um, it was, yeah, and it's, it was just a great jump-off point um, to just start my entire career. So I'm looking at the Perfect Portion cookbook, and it's, mm-hmm. it's pretty amazing. Can you talk about it, and what gave you the idea for this cookbook? Sure. So um, I... Um, I have a publishing company, and my publishing company just centers around cookbooks. And what we do is different um, appliance manufacturers or different people, celebrities, who want to create a cookbook and really don't know how, come to us. And they ask us to, um, whether it be the photography, the recipes, the whole bit. So um, actually, this cookbook was really fun. Anson Williams, who you probably know as Potsy from Happy Days, and he was al- he's also a very famous Hollywood producer, came to us and came to my business partner, Bob Warden, and I and said to us, you know, I've had all these issues working behind the sets as a producer of um, gaining weight, and I, I, you know, I finally lost my 30 pounds, but what I would really love to do, guys, is to understand what a 100-calorie portion looks like. You know, I go into the supermarket, and I see all these 100-calorie packs, and I said, oh, that's kind of a cool idea, but there's no cookbook out there that really tells me what 100 calories looks like. And he said, and guys, I really love comfort foods, so can you go back and find me America's Comfort Foods and show me what the 100-calorie portion looks like so I'll know how much I can eat? And so I smiled, and I said, that sounds like a great idea, but I have even a better idea. Why don't we take America's Comfort Foods and healthify them? And by, by that, I mean, let's look at those recipes and figure out a way of what kind of ingredients and what kind of swaps we can make to make, to have a win-win situation so that, you know, I believe in, you know, the word diet always scares me because diet does not mean sustainability and diet does not necessarily mean it's going to be a permanent habit. So if we can create recipes that people love and that they want to cook, but wow, I can just swap out these two or three ingredients and make a healthier meal. How cool is that? And he loved the idea. And basically, we wrote a cookbook. We did a lot of trend research and found 150 of America's top um, recipes. And we actually made each recipe exactly divisible by 100, which was a lot of science and a lot of math. And um, we have... um, Wonderful, delicious, and I, I have to say personally, a lot of these recipes are even better than your typical um, comfort foods of 150 recipes that are, um, we teach people what the 100 calorie portion looks like, and then we make recommendations of how many calories they should eat in a given meal. And what's great about it, it's really a great guide for consumers, and it's a great guide for people to just eat the foods they love and not feel guilty. So there's so much going on. I have so many questions about that. So I guess first and foremost, we're taking regular comfort foods and making them healthier. So that in itself is huge, just right there, without even the calorie control. And I think that's a really important message for people that don't give up on some of your favorite foods. There are ways to make them healthier, right? And the second thing is this portion control. And I want to talk about portion control because... 
You know, that's sometimes, that's one of the hardest things. You know, you can be the healthiest eater in the world, but if you're eating too much, even healthy food, you're not going to meet your, your goals in terms of weight loss or weight maintenance. And so that's right. what kind of, what do you suggest? Like, how do you advise people to, to stay within a certain portion size? Well, what we've done with all of these recipes, um, you know, it's, if you look at, lab, at food labels, I worked in the food industry for a lot of years, and if you look at food labels, they scare me because it says, you know, one portion is two ounces or whatever, but it's not really one portion. And it's, a, you know, sometimes it fools the consumer. They can say, oh, I can have one portion. It's only 200 calories when, in fact, someone's really eating two or three portions. So what we've tried to do in this book is, is to make every portion satisfying. And there's ways in which you can develop and create recipes or um, eat foods to make, to make them more satisfied. For example, you can add more fiber in a given meal. We have this recipe in the book, like for chicken pot pie. So instead of like all the heavy cream and the sauces, we've added a whole bunch of roasted vegetables in it and just a little bit less protein and meat. And what that does, it creates what I call satiety or fullness. And so what I would tell you, you know, what I tell everyone is like, look for foods that are going to keep you full, things that are fibrous, like root vegetables or, you know, um, spinach and things like that. And, and, and just be mindful when you do read the labels, to really look at those calories and say, is that really one portion? Is that really going to make me full? And don't fool yourself. Be mindful about, like, really how much you are really eating within that package or container that you've bought in the store. Great advice. So I'm really actually quite intrigued by the thought of, like, taking a regular recipe and then changing it because I do that all the time, but I have to admit it tastes pretty awful, everything I make. (laughs) And everyone in my family goes, wait, you forgot the main ingredients. So (laughs) how do you, like, do that? How do you take it? Where do you start? And are you doing that or is somebody else doing that? Walk us through the process. Well, it's it's a team effort, and um, I've done a lot of it. And, you know, having I study both nutrition and food chemistry, so I have a little bit of of a leg on, on on how to do that. So there's little tricks and tra- little tricks that you can do. So for example, like you don't want to put too much. I think one of the big faults in a lot of recipes, they have a lot of sugar in them, like the hidden, you know, I know you have your classes on sugar control and you probably know that there's a lot of foods and a lot of recipes that have hidden sugars in them. So one of the things that we try to do with a bunch of our recipes um, there's two ingredients that enhance sweetness. One is cinnamon and one is vanilla. And so what we try to do, like we have a recipe in our book for um, butternut, roasted butternut squash. And a, a lot of times people add brown, a lot of brown sugar and whatever. But you don't need to because the vegetable is naturally sweet. And actually when you roast it, it becomes even sweeter because the... It, you know, the, the carbs break down into natural sugars. So by just adding a little bit of cinnamon, you enhance the sweetness by just so much. Another example is like a, if you want to make French, French toast, we have a French toast recipe using lighter bread. Instead of, you know, gobbing on the maple syrup, simply add a little vanilla and cinnamon into the batter and you've enhanced the sweetness that you don't even, you don't even need that much. You don't even need it. So that's a specific trick of the trade. And there's herbs that you can use that can enhance flavors um, and that can really add to the food flavor that you don't really need to add other ingredients. Another um, example is thickeners, um, like heavy cream, like a lot of uh, sauces, you know, they tell you to add heavy cream. There's no need to do that. You can replace it with um, 
non-fat milk, skim milk. Sometimes you can even grind up some nuts to a certain level. And so that there's certain ways and certain tricks that you can do. And we talk about it in the book and all the recipes, and we explain what we've done to each recipe to make it lighter. Are you a fan of coconut milk? Um, coconut milk, it's okay. I, I mean, I think there's there was a lot of... Um, there's a lot of PR around how coconut milk is great for you, but it does have a lot of saturated fat. And um, I think, again, from a portion control standpoint, you need to be mindful of how much saturated fat is in coconut milk. And too much is not good. I mean, um, my belief is, you know, how much you eat, the, the quantity of how much you use and the quantity of how much you eat and the quantity of how much saturated fat in your body is going to affect you. So I think in moderation, and I think from, from a flavor enhancer, I think it's good, but I wouldn't replace it with almond milk and I wouldn't replace it you know, with other forms of milk to a, to a large extent. So uh, we have a few minutes left in the show, but I don't sure. want to I don't want to rush you at the end. So why don't you tell people where they can learn more about you and about this cookbook? Okay. Well, um, my website is www.theperfectportion.com, and um, if you want to ask me a specific question, I can be reached at info at theperfectportion.com, and um, I can join us on our Facebook page and. We, I constantly put in new recipes all the time. We're working on our second book right now um, because this book has done great. And, and people just really love um, the you know, just having the mindfulness and they know how to manage how much they eat. You know, we've taken big dishes of food and, and shown people what the 100-calorie portion looks like. And it really shows them that for dinner, if you want to have three or 400 calories, this is how much you should eat. So it's really been helpful for, for a lot of people. And I have to attest, I have this book in front of me, and it's beautiful. I mean, these pictures are just oh, magnificent. You. And I love how you show, like, instructions on making them. And there's these nice little diagrams. And if it's a dinner portion or a lunch portion. So it's a great book. And I'm really happy that I actually have used it quite a few times and have been really, really happy with it. So you guys go out there and, and get that. So we are coming towards the end of the show. So Mona, thank you so much for oh, being our you, guest Lisa. today. I'll have to have you back again when we have a little bit more time. Uh-huh. But um, thank you. Have a great day. Oh, you too. And it was a pleasure. And, um, you know, for me, it's all about people being mindful of, like, just like you, people being mindful of what they eat, um, being mindful of their day, and um, just Eat the food you love, and but just make sure it's you can sustain it over a longer period of time, and um, you know enjoy enjoy life. Great, great advice. So, listeners, it's been a pleasure being with you today. I think we've heard again and again. Let's eat real food. You know, the fake crap is is not going to do us any good. We want to eat real food that's satisfying, nourishing. We want to eat it mindfully. We want to slow down, listen to our bodies, all that good stuff. So it's been a pleasure this week. It's Lisa Lutian. Um, my website is www.healthyhappyandhip.com. Stop by the website, drop me a note. I would love to hear your questions about what's going on in your life. I would love to hear what's going on in your health and what questions and who you'd like to have in the show in the future. It's been such a pleasure and I hope you have a fabulous day. We hope 
hope you've enjoyed today's episode on busy, stressed, and food obsessed. Did you get some great ideas from today's show? Join Lisa Lutan again next Thursday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time and 12 noon Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Have a great week.